Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. So, uh, so looking at your notes, um, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28 in the Bible. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're talking about the blessing of the Lord, and I'm probably going to have this week and maybe, Lord willing, next week, and then we're going to be done for this season with the blessing of the Lord and going to release something brand new. And again, on Tuesday night, 6.30, we're talking about what does the Bible say about a whole bunch of things. And you can come and be a part of that. But be here on time, because we're going to start on time. So the first thing I want you to see before we read in Deuteronomy 28 is we talked about this blessing of the Lord. We talked about uh, Genesis 12 and how God you know, made this promise to Abraham and ultimately became a covenant of these blessings that I will bless you to be a and then in Galatians chapter 3 uh, it, it, in the New Testament it ties those two things that Galatians 3 and, and Genesis 12 are tied together and it says that Jesus Christ uh, became a curse for us so that we could receive the blessings of, of, of Abraham and that that God made all these promises to Abraham and and blessed Abraham and, and made those promises not just to Abraham, but made those promises to Jesus. So when you and I step into Jesus, we step into all the promises that God made to Abraham and the blessing of Abraham. And then you've got to learn how to steward it. You've got to learn how to walk in it. You have to learn how to unpack what God gave you for free. You've got to learn how to work with what God gave you for free. And so in Genesis 24, you don't have to look there right now. I have it on your notes. Genesis 24, verse 1, it says, When Abraham was old in age, that God blessed Abraham in all things. So at the end of his life, you see the full harvest of what the blessing of the Lord is supposed to look like. And God does not want to just bless you in a certain area of your life. There are usually certain areas where you can start working on the blessing. Some of you, it's money. Money is one of those areas that if you get your money right doing it God's way, it'll overflow into every other area of your life very, very quickly. That's why Jesus talked about money. That's why we've talked about money. People say, you shouldn't be talking about money. No, you should talk about money. Because if you can do money the Lord's way, then everything else is going to begin to fall into place. And so some of us have certain areas where we're okay with doing it God's way. and other areas, it's like, back up off me. You ain't the boss of me. Don't tell me what to do. But we need to remember that the blessing of the Lord, which is relational, should infect or affect every area of our lives, that God blessed him in all things. And Abraham was not a passive spectator. He was an active participant. If you want to be blessed in all things, uh, then you, if you want to experience the blessing of the Lord that you have received, then you need to be an active participant. That's why God will confront you about sin because sin is the thing that keeps you from experiencing the blessing that you've already received in Christ. So He blessed him on all things. Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 1. Let's, let's look at this. Now it shall come to pass if you, notice that if, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high, everybody say high, above all nations of the earth, and the blessings, and these blessings, notice plural, these blessings, 
shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you went to church on Sunday. Because, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, and the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of cattle, and, of offspring, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket, and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee in seven different ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, that means your bank accounts, and in all to which you set your hand, and He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And the Lord will establish you. He will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as He sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk. Somebody say walk. Mm, in His way. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And that's not an unhealthy fear, that's a healthy fear. Verse 11, And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you His good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain, in your, in, to, give, to give the rain to your land in its season. Woo, we, I'm telling you. And to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed or obey, it's that same word obey, the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words. I'm going to read that statement again. You shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods and serve them. And then if you just look at verse 15, it goes down to a whole bunch of stuff of just the opposite, the curse. So what I want you to see in this is there's 14 verses about the blessings of God and 54 verses about the curse. God is trying to speak to us very plainly. This is, the, this is, a, this is all through the Bible you see this same conversation happen. It happened in Genesis where God told Adam, the very first conversation, and this conversation happens all throughout the Bible, expanded. And the very first conversation is this, when he said to Adam, see that tree of the knowledge of good and evil? The day you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And for years, because, of my, because I had a father that, that had a, a struggle with alcohol, and there was lots of times he was angry, so I had, and I had like angry coaches and angry... So all, a lot of my leadership early in life was like angry. You know, and so... So because of I let the, my 
relationships with others give me a set of lenses to look at God. And I overlaid those relationships to look at God, which caused me to misinterpret God. By the way, what you need to do is, is have a relationship with God, and He gives you the right lenses to look at people. Okay? And so what happened is I always thought because of those relationships and my, my dysfunctional interpretations of some of those relationships, I thought what God was saying was, boy, you eat from that tree, I'm going to kill you. But that's not what God was saying. What God was saying is, son, if you eat from that tree, what's in that tree is going to kill you. And then all through the Bible, you see warnings. I'm so thankful for the warnings. I'm so thankful for the blessings and the promises. But I'm just as thankful for the warnings. And all through the Bible, you see this thing about blessing and curses, blessing and curses. And what God is saying here, what God is saying is you can walk in the blessing if you do this. If you do this. See, we receive, we receive the right to be blessed through faith in Jesus. He blesses us. And we receive, there's nothing, you can't earn it. You don't work for it. We receive the blessing of the Lord through faith in Jesus Christ. But once we receive the blessing of the Lord, just like salvation, you have to work out your salvation. You never work for your salvation. You work from your salvation. And so with the blessing of the Lord, you have to be responsible to walk in that. And the way to be responsible to walk in it is to obey the Lord. To obey the Lord. And I, and, and I got this, I, I tweaked it a little bit, but a long-term Bible teacher who I love for years is a man named Derek Prince. Um, I'm not talking about Joseph Prince, two different people completely. Derek Prince. Derek Prince. And years ago, he, he, he summarized that whole section we just read into seven areas of the blessing. And I tweaked it a little bit to make it what I thought it was talking about. And you see the, the, the bolded area is... Like the first one is exaltation. That's the blessing. Exaltation. I will, I will lift you up. He, he brings us higher. Ain't no high like the most high. He brings us higher. He's trying to bring you higher. Tell your neighbor he's trying to bring you higher. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. He's trying to bring us higher. He's trying to bring us to this place. So he's trying to exalt us. And the Bible says, if we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up. I'd rather be able to humble myself and the Lord lift me up rather than lift myself up and the Lord humble me. So the curse is humiliation. The blessing is exaltation. You get to choose which one you want. And the, the hinge is, will you obey the voice of the Lord? Fruitfulness versus unfruitfulness in every area of your life. Health versus sickness. Prosperity and success versus poverty and failure. The choice is yours. The curse is the empowerment to fail. The blessing of the Lord is the empowerment to succeed. By God's definition, not your definition, because some of our definitions, we think we're successful and we're totally failing. So, it's, it's you see these, these different things and then you see victory versus defeat and that victory goes into protection from your enemies and, and all of that. Then you see the being the head and not the tail. And I don't know if you know a lot about uh, anatomy or whatever, but let's just say you take a dog. Would you rather be the head or the tail? <laughs> We're called to be the head. 
Okay, we're called to be the head. And then above, we're called to be above, meaning we set our mind on things above. We're, we're citizens of, see, we're, we're citizens of, most of us, I would say, are citizens of America and, and United States citizens, and we live in this world, but we're not of this world. So we're of another world if we're in Christ. And we need to live from that reality in the middle of this reality. So, so that, that we understand that, that what's true there rules me here. And, and what's true here does not block me from there. That That's my reality. That's my citizenship. That's why I set my mind upon things above. I think differently. I study differently. I, I learn who I am there, and that tells me who I am here. There is eternal. Here is temporary. And so we're above and not beneath. Some of you in this room are beneath. You're beneath. And what beneath means is, is you, you are beneath. You are beneath and you're carrying this weight. You're beneath things that God has already put you above. You're beneath and carrying this weight and depression and stuff that is coming upon you as an attack and coming upon you. And, and But what has happened is you've, you've kind of partnered with it without even knowing it. Because even though you hate it and you hate what it does to you, sometimes what can happen is you can take upon that label and that identity of that weight. And that victim mentality comes in and you just think, oh, instead of realizing, and what you need to hear in that moment when you feel that weight is God is able. And if you are willing, God is able. And if you're unwilling, then you do you. If you're unwilling and you like that weight, you stay right there. But if you are willing, God is able. If you. telling you, it's so sad to see a blessed person who believes in Christ learn to live under the weight of the curse. And then blame the Lord for it. That word obey actually is the word shema. That word obey, 99.9% .9 of the time in your Old Testament, when you see the word obey, it's the word shema, which is the word hear, listen, or obey. It's taken one of the core places that you see it is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, which we've talked about many times here. Which is when they, they had just come from receiving the Ten Commandments and Moses was leading them, speaking to them, saying, saying, shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, meaning keep Him first. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. See, this word Shema, this word Shema, it means, this word obey, which is Shema, it means hearing with the willingness and readiness to take action. See, the difference is like, we'll sit and say, okay, go ahead and say something. Go ahead and tell me something. And after you get done telling me it, I'll decide if I'm going to obey or not. That's the arrogance of the American church. I'll decide. After you say, if I agree with it, I'll do it. If I don't if Okay, but, but Shema is, is I don't decide based on what you say when you're approaching God because His way is higher. You're saying because of who you are, God, because you're God and you're the only true and living God, because you're God, I don't know why I keep pointing to Zach behind the camera, but that's, you know, um, because, because, you know, you're God, I, no matter what you say, I will obey. I obey because of who you are, not because of what you say. And how many of us parents would love our kids to say, I will obey you because you're my mom or dad? 
<laughs> That's Shema. That's Shema. And it basically means to hear, understand, and obey. To hear, understand, and obey. And it doesn't mean you have all understanding before you obey. It means you hear, you understand that it's God speaking, and you understand the immediate thing He wants you to take action on. Then you take action in obedience, and after you take action, greater understanding unlocks. But you got to decide if you're going to obey. Well, I don't feel like it. That's your problem. So the blessing, the blessing is obedience activated. I love, I love that phrase. Debbie Etheridge is the one who shared that with me one day because I would always talk about being voice activated. And she said about being obedience activated. I'm like, oh, that, that's really good. And in the kingdom of God, there's things that are voice activated, but the most activating thing is your obedience. So if there's a discrepancy between what you're saying, you're saying the right thing, but you're not doing the right thing. What you're doing will trump what you're saying. You show what you really believe by what you do. You show what you believe by what you say, but you show what you really believe by what you do. And right talking, faith talking, right speech is a part of obedience. It's part of obedience. So it speaks to what you believe, what you do, what you say, and what you feel. Well, I can't control what I feel. That's a lie. You can't control what you feel first, but you can control what you feel next. You absolutely can. And you align yourself in obedience. Obedience will unlock feelings. What you think about will unlock feelings. So you get into the cycle of you feel, you feel the weight. You feel this weight, and then you start thinking about it. You come into agreement with it, and then it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And so when you feel that weight, you need to say, no, I'm not beneath. Woo, I'm not beneath. I am above. And even though I felt this, what I feel, what I feel is a reality, but it's not the highest reality. The highest reality is what he says. So I'm going to aim my thoughts, agree. I'm going to think on things above, things that are true. Don't ever let things that are lies keep you from what is true. Your identity is not in the color of your skin. Your identity is not in your gender. Your identity is not in what group or culture you're a part of. Your identity is not even what nation you're a part of. Your identity is is in one or two places. You are a child of God or you're not. And if you're a child of God, let's grow up. Let's come up, moving on up. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. In the sky. I'm going to go watch that. I don't know if it's godly or not. I can't remember. It's been a long time. (laughs) But I remember that. I'm getting this right. Obedience is always motivated by God's love. I had the word love there, and I changed it. Because in our culture, you can't just say love. So obedience is motivated by God's love. Because what the world calls love can be seductive, can be manipulative, can be deceptive. And it's fleshly at best. Demonic at worst. But God's love. God is love. 
So all obedience is motivated by love. So even though I'm feeling something different, I might even be thinking something different. Obedience is, God, I don't care what I feel. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what's happening to me. I'm going to obey you because I love you. I'm going to obey you because you first loved me and gave me this command to obey. And the command to obey, the command to obey is like these steps. God saved us down here. And He loved us down here. But just because He loves us down here and He accepted us down here doesn't mean He wants to leave us down here. That now by giving us commandments, the commandments are the steps to help us move on up. That we receive the blessing of there while we're here, but now obedience is what helps us walk it out so there becomes a part of our life in experience. And we actually, obeying the commandments of the Lord, we come on up. So what happens is, when I'm down here and I'm feeling like I want to use and abuse and I feel like I'm, I'm, just, I'm distracted and I'm, my life is all about me, everything's about me, Everything becomes about me. I'm so immature and I'm so insecure. Everything's about me. Why are they treating me this way? Why am I so unhappy? It's all about me. That is a black hole. Jesus came to save you from you. And so he blesses us with his reality and his truth up there. And he gave it to us while we were down here in spirit form. And now through discipleship and obedience, we start saying, okay, I feel like this. I'm being pulled this way. I'm being pulled that way. Here, Michael, come here real quick. I'm I'm being pulled uh, this way. And so just start pulling on my arm a little bit. But don't get crazy. (laughs) And we're being pulled by all these pressures. And these are realities. He's not imaginary. He could be sickness. He could be disease. He could be anything. It's not that he's imaginary. It's just the reality of Christ is greater than his reality. So this is real, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to learn, I'm going to obey. And the very second I say, he has no more power. Now, when I'm saying, let go, let go, let go, Mike. Stop being meanie, meanie, bully. Let go so I can follow God. I would follow you, God, if he would just let go. And what you need to do is just, boom. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. So obedience, obedience is this maturity of walking up. Worship team, come on up. What? I, I, so I didn't get done. And so we're going to pick up next week on the back side of the sheet. Huh? Oh, I'll, I'll finish that one. Obedience is always motivated by God's love, empowered by grace, and activated through faith. Thank you. I, want to, I did want to make sure I finished that one. So obedience. Shema is always, always, not sometimes, always, always empowered, or what I say? Motivated by God's love. So even when I don't understand, I'm down here and I don't understand what God is doing, and it feels like, it feels like the world is loving me, even though it's unhealthy love, 
and God's not loving me. Obedience should always be, God, I know you gave me this step of obedience to bring me up. You're calling me higher. How many of you guys genuinely believe that? Lift your hand. That obedience is little. It's for real. I want, I want to see a testimony. If you don't believe it, just be bold and be like, I don't know if I believe that yet. That obedience is God's invitation to call you higher. All right. So it's always motivated by God, you love me, you love me and gave me the step, so I love you by taking the step. And then you know what? Another step. Battles all in between. Suffering all in between. Difficulty, persecution all in between. But I, nothing can keep you from taking that step. You can't force somebody else. You ever try to force somebody else to take a step? That'll make you stumble. You can't force anybody else, but you take a step to obedience. And it's always motivated by God's love, empowered by God's grace. Grace is not just the favor of God. See, grace and mercy are not the same things. Mercy comes out of grace, but grace and mercy are not the same thing. Uh, mercy is, is the forgiveness and the I will not charge you with what you could be charged with. I will not hold this against you. It's not, I will just overlook your sin. It's, I forgive your sin. And grace is the empowerment of God. And one of the best analogies that God showed me years ago was, was if, if somebody came to me and, and they had a bunch of debt, and they had a debt they could not pay because of a sin that they did, and they got in debt, and so they were $2 million financially in debt, and they had no way of of they're about to lose everything, had no way of paying back the debt. What mercy is, is I forgive your $2 million. Now what Jesus did, he, he did not go cook the books at the bank and erase your debt. That's not what Jesus did. What he did is he went into his father's bank account and he took out $2 million and he paid your debt. That's why it's silly to punish yourself for sin that Jesus was already punished for. You don't punish yourself. You just take responsibility to obey and follow Him. And then after the $2 million is paid, what grace does is grace is where He comes in. Now here's $2 million for you to live off of so you never have to go back in debt again. Grace is empowerment. Grace is ability. And so that's why you can never say down here, you can never say down here, I can't. I can't. God has given you a grace that you can do this. So when you feel yourself saying, uh, I can't, you need to remember that that's yourself telling you, I won't. And that's when it's like, oh, mm -mm, mm -mm, oh, heaven, no, we ain't doing it this way. Mm -mm. No, I will. I will. I will. And you, you, you start walking in the Spirit is what we'll talk about next week. And you start coming up and you obey the Lord. And then all that is activated by your faith. It's activated by your faith. So here's what I want to do. I want to do a, a special altar call. This is not the time for offering. We'll do that in a minute. Church, I'm telling you, Hopefully you know this. I'm radically transparent in front of you. 
Sometimes too much. And I want you to be transparent. We're a family. We are a family. We're a dysfunctional family at times. But we're a redeemed family. We're a loved family. And I don't know where you are. Some of you, some of you are so close to a step of obedience, you're, 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 you're right there on it. Some of you feel like you're a million miles away. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, once you decide, I'll take a step. The very moment you lift your leg to come on that step to obey the Lord, what happens is you immediately get brought right here. He's calling you higher. I came in this morning, the worship team had done their practice, and then they were piddling with the song we're about to do, and I was like, that's it. I heard them singing it, and I was like, that's it. So what I want to do is I want us to sing the song, and for anybody in this room that would say, Pastor John, at least 70% of that sermon was right at me. I needed to hear this. Some of you in this room, you already knew this, not, not intellectually, because everybody probably knew this intellectually. But you, you are already living this lifestyle. And I'm not talking to you right now. Some of you are walking with the Lord. And, every, and not that you don't have struggle, you don't have trial, but you're walking with the Lord and you know you're walking in this process. And some of you are walking in this process in one or two areas, but you know the Lord has been talking to you about these other areas. I had a lady tell me just on Easter Sunday, she said, she came and she actually apologized to me. And I was like, for what? What in the world? And she said, well, I, I was, I don't remember her exact words, but she said that she was offended at me or mad at me. And I was like, like what could I have done? And she was talking about the teaching on tithing. They had practiced a different way. They did it a different way. And they thought, we, we, give, we give differently. And she was upset that, I, that my teaching was confronting her preferred way of giving. And she was angry and almost either walked out or wanted to walk out. I can't remember which is true. And then she started crying and saying, but thank you. Thank you because I needed to hear what I didn't want to hear. And they have repented and got their life back on track. And so if you're here this morning and, and you know there's at least some areas of your life that this is for you and you need a heart thing, like you need to come and say, Lord, help me. Help me have a Shema heart. Help me have this obedience mindset of like, God, I love you so much. I want to love you with all of my heart. And no matter what this person says, no matter what this person says, that down here, no matter who's pulling on you, no matter what they're wanting from you, you still say, God, I, they're pulling and it's real and I'm feeling it. And, and, and maybe I'm even pulling myself through self-deception and self-delusion. But God, I hear your call. I sense your invitation. And I'm going to take a step and start obeying your word. And that's my heart. That's my heart. That's what I want to do. And I'm going to be open and honest about it and say, I need to do it. If that's you, I want you to come stand up front.
And I don't want you to worry about anybody else. And some of you will probably repent in about two minutes. You can come join them too. All I want you all to do, forget about everybody else in this room. I just want you worshiping. I want you just wor- I want you seeing the words, but I want you worshiping from your heart. I just want you worshiping. I want you worshiping. I don't want you to worry about anybody else. Matter of fact, get some room. Spread out. And I want this to be your heart cry before the Lord. And anybody who, as we sing, you feel like you need to join them, you come join them. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to search our hearts as we bring ourselves before you and we enter into this moment of worship that we would hear your voice And we would feel your call, that you would call us higher, God. That we won't stay where we are, God. We we won't remain where we've been, God. But we will follow you. That your mercy will be great in our life. Your grace will be great in our life. And you will transform our life. That the blessing of the Lord would be a reality. The highest reality in our life. And so we worship you in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.